It's time to get inside the Giants huddle. Huddle up, huddle up, huddle up. On Giants.com. Here we go, here we go. And the Giants mobile Get them in there, let's go. Part of the Giants podcast network. Welcome back to the most recent edition of the Giants huddle podcast. John Schmelk and Shona Howard with you. Just minutes after the Giants blue-white scrimmage completed here at MetLife Stadium. Shona was on the sidelines soaking wet, did not bring a rain jacket. Too, too, too much of a tough guy for that. Uh, if you want to find the Giants huddle podcast, by the way, it is on your favorite podcast platforms, the mobile app. And at Giants.com slash podcast, where you can find all of our podcast offerings. Sean, well, I'll start with the broad question. Your thoughts? I mean, I watched you play your whole career. and never saw you playing a scrimmage before. Did it meet your expectations? And how useful do you think this is going to be, given there's no preseason games? Yeah, John, uh, offensive lineman's still at heart, man. No no raincoat, no sleeves uh, in cold weather. you got to wear it with pride. But uh, Well, it wasn't cold out there today. <laughs> Let's not make it out there. It was frosty. No, no, no. But you, you don't wear sleeves on cold weather, and you don't bring <laughs> rain gear. Uh, you just battle the elements. But to your point, yeah, I've, I've actually played in a couple of scrimmages. And my rookie year, I remember with the Browns, we scrimmaged the Colts. And I think there were five fights in the first ten plays. So uh, this scrimmage was different. Not one fight. Um, you know, didn't see any of that, but I've also just over the years, you realize that training camp is a process and, and you, you don't get too high. You don't get too low. You don't judge yourself based on a one preseason game or one scrimmage. Um, I, you just try to stack practices, stack situations, stack plays. And really, you know, for a situation like this, it's, it's all about just trying to improve individually. You don't worry about, you know, team statistics and, and all of that. I don't think I ever walked away from the first preseason of any game, preseason. I never walked away from the first preseason game in any year feeling great about, oh, man, our offense lit it up in the first game. So the defense is usually ahead of the curve. But um, in tonight, you know, John, really the, the defense I thought looked great in two areas. They got off the field on third down, and they got after the quarterback. And those are two areas that they really struggled in last year. And it was, it was really nice to see the pressure by Lorenzo Carter, and he did it on both sides. Um, we saw Dexter Lawrence pushing the pocket, batting a ball down. We also saw some pass breakups. Jabril Peppers had a really nice one against the tight end. Darnay Holmes had one later on in the scrimmage. And then even Grant Haley got his hand on a football too. So defensively, I thought it was really a, a nice job. Tackling is also paramount, and that's why you have a scrimmage like this. You can't wait till week one to try to figure out tackling. And, you know, offensively, Certainly a lot to improve on. I think the pass protection, number one, you know, we heard Joe Judge talk about it at halftime. They've got to do a better job of handling pass pro, but it's not just the one-on-ones. I thought the twist games by the defense all night long really gave this offensive line fits, and that's all about continuity and playing with the same guys together. The Giants tonight had three new starters on the offensive line, two new tackles and Nick Gates in the center. So that culture that they're trying to breed and that continuity, that's going to take a lot of time. So what could Mark Colombo do to try to move that along, you know, without the benefit of in-game reps like you would have in a normal off-season and, and training camp situation? Yeah, well, I, I think the scrimmages like this, this is great. They get this on film, and they come back and correct it and show them, look, this is what we can't do. We can't beat ourselves. A couple of times I saw a defensive lineman unblocked, a nose guard. B.J. Hill did it one time. Um, and, and then we saw, I think it was Leonard Williams another time that just were in the backfield. You can't have that. You can't beat yourself. So those are mental issues. Those are things that can get corrected, communication factors. But you can't get enough reps. When you have new players, when you have guys playing next to each other that don't have that history, you can't get enough of these live reps. So they're very valuable. Uh, I know Mark Colombo is, is coaching these guys hard. I thought they were all physical. They gave great effort. We know that that's non-negotiable. 
No question about it. All right, let's dive into some of the individuals. Your thoughts on the two rookies at tackle? Yeah, Andrew Thomas had his welcome to the NFL moment. I think, you know, the speed, obviously, game speed is faster. It's another couple notches. And I think young players, you know, they don't really understand that, look, practice speed is, is a different tempo. When, you, when the lights are on and you're in the stadium, it's, it's a lot faster. It's a lot quicker. He's got to figure that out. I think, you know, the, the, the more reps he gets uh, in live situations like this, it's different than one-on-one. So uh, the good news for Andrew Thomas and Mark Colombo has been on record saying this too. He's a quick learner. He, he doesn't make the same mistakes twice. Uh, mentally, he's a very tough kid, and, and he wants to be great. For Matt Parrott, I thought he looked extremely stout. He looked, he looked very good in pass pro. Um, I thought he punched quite a bit. We saw him move from right side to left side, and sometimes when you do that, you can kind of lose your mechanics and lose your technique, but I think that's great value for him. If he can show that he can play both sides, now all of a sudden you, you could, you're a guy that they have to dress on game day. So for Matt Perp, I thought they did a really nice job. And then the third rookie draft pick, Shane Lemieux, I thought he looked great. It's funny to see number 66 down there because I think of David Deal, but he's got both arms tatted up. Sleeve tattoo, so Deal would be proud uh, that he's got all that ink. But Shane Lemieux, I just, I love, he finishes every block. He's down the field, like he's on the ground for all the right reasons because he's trying to punish guys. Um, I, I saw him peel a, a guy trying to bull rush Tyler Haycroft, the center, and he just came over there and cleaned him up. So you love the freedom fighters when you're when you're uncovered as an offensive lineman, you go find somebody to destroy. And I saw him do that. Um, you know, it, it, it wouldn't be. Uh, a true offensive lineman if he didn't get his name called. So he had a flag, a holding penalty called on him, which I think was questionable. But I, I think he's a tough guy, and, and he, he's going to be a great addition to that group. How about Nick Gates playing your spot at center? It's his first or is this thing as close as you're going to get to game reps at center. How do you think he did? I thought Nick, he did a really nice job. Obviously, when the rain started coming down, that's paramount. As a center, you, you know, sometimes you have to simulate the wet ball drill and you dunk the football in the buckets and you get used to that exchange. Didn't really have any exchange issues, which is great because he's not a, a former center. He's a tackle, and he's converted. So for him, he can't get enough reps. I thought he did a really nice job on, on, on a nice run by Deion Lewis. Reaching to his right, Dexter Lawrence was basically head up on the guard, and he did a nice job of, of washing him down the line of scrimmage and getting him running. Sometimes you get those big guys running, and then the, the running back can cut right behind you. So I thought he did a nice job with that. The big thing with – with Nick Gates and with the offensive line is as a center, you just mentally have to be on your, uh, you know, on point. You've got to make sure you see the defense and see what's going on. They got a lot of different looks tonight, a lot of different fronts, and one of the toughest things to handle is twists. Offensive lines, it takes time to gel, and you always have to be on the same level. There were a few times tonight where the offensive line wasn't all on the same level, and they struggled with those twists. All right, let's go defense. You've mentioned Lorenzo Carter a couple times already. What is it about him and the specific rushes that you said that you liked? And do you think he could be poised for a breakout in year three? Sometimes it does take pass rushes a little bit longer to get going in their careers. Yeah, I, I think, you know, for, for Lorenzo, obviously he benefited from the fact that he's going up against Daniel Jones in this offense every day, so he knows the snap count. So he, got, he had a great get off on his first sack. Uh, but I, I think when you saw him even go to the other side, his greatest asset is his length, his long arms. Even when he was being blocked, he was able to reach around the tackle and grab a hold of Daniel Jones's jersey. That That's huge. If you could do that, even if it's not a sack, if you grab the quarterback while he's throwing the ball, that's how interceptions happen. So those are all great big plays. Um, it's something that the Giants desperately need. And for Lorenzo Carter, 
you know, it, it's a great time for him to step up. I, I think he really likes this role in, in this defense, and I, I think he looks stronger. He, he, he looks like in year three, physically, he's ready to take that challenge and take that next step. And then we saw flashes from young Carter Coughlin. I thought as a pass rusher, he won inside and outside. Marcus Golden got in the backfield once. He beat Matt Parrott on that play. And I thought Kyler Fackrell was very active in the backfield too. So a little bit of everything from those edge rushers. Yeah, I thought the linebackers all around did a really nice job, not just in the pass rush, but setting the edge defensively. You know, a lot of the perimeter runs really didn't get stretched out and they never got to the outside. So that's first and foremost, you've got to stop the run and earn the right to rush the passer. They did a great job of that. I thought Carter Coughlin showed some nice wiggle. You know, when he was coming out at the combine and in this draft, he was the fastest edge rusher. And so I, I think his athleticism and his speed showed up uh, tonight. He showed that he's got a little bit of wiggle, and, and he's also he's a force. He's, he's a stand-up defensive end out of college, so he's used to kind of those angles and firing out from a two-point stance. I thought he did a nice job in the twist game. Um, you know, it's nice to see – the young buck like that and then cam brown you know i thought he was excellent on special teams the first three kickoffs that they had tonight he was the first guy down the field he lit somebody up on one play he made the very first tackle um so his length is is a valuable asset for him too so um i thought up front you know i mentioned dexter lawrence getting great push i thought leonard williams had a really nice night he looked unblockable at times in the run game i saw him bench press kevin zeitler back into the running back and restrict the running lane and we even saw him get a sack later on uh, looked like it was against Zeitler. He just pried him open like a, like a beer can and uh, and got pressure on the quarterback. How about offensively? Um, Daniel Jones, your thoughts on Jones as he tries to really get his first action in close to live game situations in Jason Garrett's offense? Yeah, I thought Daniel Jones showed some nice accuracy. And when he has the ability to step into the throw, man, he's very accurate and, and he's, he throws a nice spiral. Um, so that was very evident. I thought he the one deep ball that he did throw was underthrown. That was a missed opportunity. I think he'd love to have that throw back. But I think the one thing that showed up tonight, and it's why you have a scrimmage like this, when the, the, the rush is live, and granted they weren't hitting him, taking him to the ground, but it was live, and, and he felt that. You know, the, the, the first time you get together like this in, 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 in a mock game or a preseason game, offensively you're not going to take a ton of shots down the field. You're not, you're not doing that offensively. You're not trying to pad any stats. So it's really just about command. I thought he did a good job at the line of scrimmage, commanding the offense. There's a lot of pre-snap motions in this offense, getting everybody lined up, and the fact that they didn't have any issues with that is a good sign. How about Wayne Goldman, a guy that in his second year didn't quite do as much as he did in his rookie year, and he stepped in today, and boy, he had a 42-yard touchdown run. He had another catch and run on a nice play. He really you know, said, look, I'm a back that can do a little bit of everything, and I would be a valuable backup on your team to back up Saquon Barkley. Yeah, Wayne Gallman, it was really a statement night for him. The, the third and one run that you mentioned, the 42-yard touchdown, I mean, he was untouched, but he did a nice job navigating the mosh pit and finding and, and finding a nice burst to get out of there. But how about the catch that he made on the touchdown throw? Yeah. Wayne Gallman, I don't think that they put him in on known passing situations because receiving has not necessarily been his strength, but showed great hands there, um, and, and I thought it was a nice throw too. But Wayne Gallman certainly uh, helped himself out tonight. Deion Lewis, you know, he's a guy that's over 30, and you always worry about running backs that get let go by their prior team. They're over 30 years old. You wonder if they have any juice left. Deion Lewis looks like he's got plenty of juice left. Yeah, he's got a great burst, great acceleration. He showed that on a couple of different swing passes, you know, the ability to create some space uh, and separation. 
I thought even on a couple run plays, you know, people, you look at him and you think, oh, he's a scat back. No, he can run in between the tackles. Three years ago, he almost had 1,000 yards for the Patriots. Two years uh, two years ago, he had 59 catches, uh, you know, for the Titans. So he, he's definitely a dual threat running back. I, I think he's a great asset for them. Um, he, he obviously understands pass protection as well. He's been around the league a long time, so he's a smart player. And I think we definitely saw a different style of defense, at least in the secondary, uh, from this defense. Very sticky coverage. Guys were executing their assignments. Sometimes they might give up a catch, right? But they were sticking to guys, and I think it was a nice little preview of what we might see from Patrick Graham over the course of the season. Yeah, we saw James Bradbury uh, you know, get involved on a couple of different plays. I thought defensively they really competed for every ball, and they were every throw and every catch was contested. Even the linebackers were draped all over the tight ends. Um, certainly the, the secondary is going to have their hands full, um, you know, being down a couple of players, obviously with Xavier McKinney being out now too, uh, that puts even more pressure on the safeties. But I thought the man coverage was good. And then even when they were playing their cover two defense, uh, you know, in the situations where it was a two-minute offense, they did a good job of keeping everything in front of them. And, and, you, and you forced the offense to dink and dunk and try to try to maneuver their way down. They, they did have a couple of penalties. You know, it was a third and 14 that they had a penalty on that kept them on the field. Those are things that they're going to want to clean up. All right, final thought, Sean. Uh, there's now, this will probably be listening to this sometime on Saturday or Sunday, so we're looking at two weeks, give or take, 15, 16 days until – regular season opener against Pittsburgh. If you're a player in this unique offseason, unique summer, unique training camp, no preseason games, what's your focus to make sure you're ready to go in those two weeks against Pittsburgh, a team that's going to really have Super Bowl aspirations, right? They, they want to win the Super Bowl this year, and they have realistic expectations for that. How are you ready for that game at home on Monday Night Football to kick off your year? Well, I think offensively, you know, they need to do a better job blocking on, on the perimeter. The tight ends ha- have to do a better job of holding up. If, if you want to you want to talk about some really good edge defenders, how about T.J. Watt and Bud Dupree for the Pittsburgh Steelers? <laughs> no, they can get out to the quarterback too. So, you know, no doubt about it. I think the, the blocking on the perimeter in the, in the run game is going to be huge. Um, you know, we really didn't see Saquon Barkley run the football a whole lot tonight. We saw him with a couple of pass routes. Um, but that'll be crucial. First and second down is key when you're playing guys like the Pittsburgh Steelers have on the perimeter. But um, up front, they pass protection. They have to improve on that. They've got to create a pocket for Daniel Jones. They can't get pushed back up front between the center and the guards. And the tackles have to do a better job of washing those guys by. And then offensively, uh, the Steelers have some good wide receivers. Deontay Johnson, Juju Smith-Schuster. This secondary is going to get tested by some, you know, not, maybe not the biggest guys, but guys that are quick and can really create some separation. Yeah, no doubt. And, and with Ben coming back, you know, obviously he's going to be looking to, to prove to everybody that, that he's healthy and the arm is there. Um, they, they've got some big playability. They drafted a, a wide receiver in the second round, Chase Claypool, uh, and then you add Eric Ebron at a tight end. So no doubt about it, they've got some big targets, which in the red zone is, is going to be tough. Julie, uh, Jabril Pepper is going to really have to step up in that role. Um, I think Darnay Holmes is going to be huge. You know, I, I think that will be a great matchup, him against Juju. Darnay Holmes has really come on. He's had a great training camp. I think he's continuing to improve. Every single time he gets into a competitive situation like this, he just finds a way to make a play, and, and I think they're going to need a lot of that. Yeah, I forgot about Claypool, so he'll definitely add some size to that receiver core. He's basically Evan Ingram size. Sean, good stuff. We'll see you at the scrimmage next week. We appreciate it, and I will talk to you then. All right, pal? Thanks, pal. Always a pleasure. 
Sean O'Hara on this week's episode of the Giants Huddle Podcast as the Giants complete their first scrimmage at MetLife Stadium. I didn't mention it, by the way. The offense did win on a game-winning Graham Gano field goal from just over 40 yards away. Thank you to O'Hara. I am Schmelk. Thanks for being with us. You can find the Giants Huddle Podcast on the Giants mobile app on Giants.com slash podcast and on all your favorite podcast platforms. Find the subscribe if you're on Apple Podcasts. Please leave a five-star positive review. We'll see you next time, everybody. Stay safe.